1: Hello. How are you doing there, Zigmeister?
0: Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself?
1: You know what? I am riding on a high, and there's uh, just something about special spiritual times that just kind of make you want to get all uh, bubbly and happy and joy-filled, and one of those like when you, have, um, when you have a wedding to go to, but more specifically, like one of your kids' weddings. Oh, yes. So, well,
0: I haven't had a kid, but I imagine that would be an amazing experience you did have
1: a gerbil once that had an attraction to another gerbil and so you had like this little wedding and i, I don't did. know how but, you yeah, told yeah. which was the boy so- or the girl sonya
0: and morty well Sonia had a little stripe uh on. okay
1: yeah you spray painted that on or i, something I did you yeah I to keep track of them <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it was a beautiful wedding uh yeah so my son nicholas got married uh and that was just like you know that is it was beautiful so, I mean, now I have, I have th- out of my nine, I have three that are married. Wow. And there was something really neat about, uh, this is something that a lot of people don't ever, I guess, maybe realize or contemplate, but one of the things that I, as a permanent deacon, realize, and that is there's a special grace, I think, for deacons, because the vast majority of us are married and have kids, mm-hmm. and so we can provide sacramental assistance sometimes to our own family
0: how cool is that
1: i mean listen i gotta tell you i, I don't want to brag and i don't want to say haha you can't but what i will say is man i'm blessed by mm. that because i got to receive the vows uh between my son and uh his fiance. wow bride the bride and the groom my son nicholas and the bride caitlin and so uh nicholas and caitlin we had their wedding saturday night you know, and uh, so it was. It was just I don't know. It's just beautiful to be able to to be that up close and personal when it comes to uh, things that are so important.
0: Oh, absolutely! I can only imagine. I mean, it's the beginning of uh, two lives coming together, two hearts being adjoined sacramentally, and uh, now we uh, we wait to see what good fruits will come from that, right? Yeah, and I
1: told them, I gave them a little pressure on them, said, you know. At least a dozen grandkids, but <laughs> we'll see how far that goes. But the point is, I, you know, uh, I, I just wanted—I I just thought that was a neat thing. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, for myself, and that's one of the reasons why this is a this is a great weekend. Um, but also, I w- I just to, you know—it made me think a lot about about weddings and about things that that happen in a wedding and what a wedding is all about. And I and I thought about something. And there's this thing we say, you know how in passing we say things, and I don't know that we ever, it's like, like how you doing? Right. Uh, or... Uh, oh, I'm fine. How's the weather? You know, and... Oh, it's good. Right. And we don't really, when we say it, we don't necessarily expect, you know, we don't really want to have a conversation, necessarily. Right. Sometimes we like, I look at you, Sam, and I go, Sam, how are you doing? Now, and that should worry you because you're going like, do I look bad? Is there <laughs> do, I, do I look sick or something? You know? And only then, I think, But we would want a conversation. But for the most part, it's like in passing.
0: Right. I, only if they follow up with a second,
1: how are you doing really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you don't want to hear that. No. Because you know, now you're getting deeper than you ever wanted to get. But one of the things that we say, I think, that falls into that category is congratulations. Right. We hear things, something happens, well, congratulations. You know, and usually we hear that and we've gotten so used to saying it mm-hmm. that we don't stop and think, like, why are we even saying it? Right. Uh, but in the context in which we usually say it, you know, the the person graduated or something. Like they graduated from, from you know, eighth grade into high school or from high school into college or from right. college into life, you know. Congratulations. And when you say that, you kind of know what they accomplished. Yeah. Now, you know, this. First and second grade or kindergarten graduations we we're just saying that they didn't accomplish anything, yeah, so you know your colors and shapes. I, mean, I was pretty good at finger painting <laughs> finger painting, and uh I'm sure you were congratulations, salmon. No, thank you. I, mean, I know it was only last year you got out of kindergarten. I and did we have high hopes for you well, if you saw <laughs> the, my mother's refrigerator, you'd be impressed by my ability oh, to yes. render a dinosaur amen, yeah, 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 a beautiful, oh, beautiful, yeah. his name's so, Fred, uh awesome, uh now, so we say that but but like. If someone got a job promotion, right? When someone gets a job promotion, you say congratulations because yes. they earned that because you you know what they had to go through to get there to do that, right? And you're just like, congratulations. If someone climbed Mount Everest, right? You know, like the third or fourth time I climbed Mount Everest, you know, I got tired of the congratulations, right? Of but, course. But the but the point is this this uh, we say congratulations, and when we sometimes say it, we kind of know. Why we're saying it. But it's interesting that when people get married,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they'll say, congratulations. And so if I would tell people my kids got married, congratulations. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't say that. I'm just saying we say it so often now. I don't know if people stop and think, like, well, what are we actually congratulating? Right. And so, um, so I kind of jotted a few things down that I thought, you know, these are the reasons why someone's going to be congratulated, I think, mm-hmm. when they're getting married or when they've been married or, or whatever. It's like, this is why. This is uh so, so when, when someone uh, is uh, graduating college, when someone is getting a job promotion, when somebody has climbed Mount Everest, we can quantify and say, You did one year of this, four years of that. This was a month out of your life. You prepared for, for 10 years, whatever. We know what you did. But like with marriage, I think a lot of people don't really even stop and think about what marriage is and kind of lost our way in that. But we're still used to saying congratulations and we go down and get a Hallmark card. You know, it's got to be white and like or silver or something like that. And, and, you know, get something out of the registry and congratulations. So I, I these are the reasons why I think we should congratulate someone who gets married now. Mm-hmm. And um first and foremost, I think the very decision to marry. Now, if you think about it, marriage has really become kind of countercultural. Right. I mean, it's not the first thing that people who love each other think about doing or especially to
0: pursue a sacrament of marriage especially uh, well but but i'm just generally but but
1: i'm just talking about marriage i'm not even talking about god right i mean going down to the justice of the peace for people who are not religious or whatever i'm just talking about the fact that they actually want to get hitched that they actually want to marry to make a commitment to the other, right? Well, you're jumping the gun on that one too, because I'm not oh. talking about a commitment. I'm talking about they just want to get married, right? Because some people make a commitment and they don't get married. Oh, that's true. See, I'm just talking about the idea of getting married. The decision to marry is countercultural, mm-hmm. and and so my, my thought there is like you you are uh, you have a, you have displayed in that a willingness. To engage in the sacred solemn bond, right? You, you are engaging in um, something that that the world has seen a certain way, and you're willing to jump in on that and be part of that, and literally to be a witness to the world. Well,
0: yes, and also I think part, something that goes back to the tradition of marriage both civil and religious ceremonies, is that you have other people, people other than the, the, the bride and the groom, who are witnessing marriage. Right. You're the there. Marriage. Exactly right. Including as a village, as a town, as a city. So,
1: so think about this. You know, we have the big wedding parties, mm-hmm. right? The Jews loved the weddings. Remember all the weddings that were in the Bible, and, and it's like the whole town got there, right. you know, and they had a big old party. Right, that's when Jesus made the turn the water into wine. If you recall,
0: yeah, and they've been
1: partying for like a week, you know. So it's a it's a big deal. But you want everybody to witness to see. In fact, if you look at what a wedding is not, you know, valid unless you have witnesses right. that sign their name. Even in a secular marriage, you know, you got with the state, you've got to have a marriage license. You got to have witnesses on there, and it's something that you witness to others. So just the fact that Nicholas and Caitlin would stand up and say. We're going to get married. That's worth congratulations. Congratulations for being countercultural. Yes. That's a beautiful thing. So, another uh, reason why we would congratulate uh, someone getting married is that they would have, um, like, their, their dedication to being committed. You mentioned commitment. Mm-hmm. So, that, that in and of itself is worthy of congratulations. I mean, don't we live in a culture that um, really we, we kick the can down the road, we don't want to make the final decision. You know, it's like you're looking at the menu and going like, I haven't decided yet. Can you come back a little bit? Right. I haven't, I'm not ready to order, you know?
0: Well, if you if we look at a lot of the society's ills, a lot of them has to do with self-centeredness and, and saying it's all about me. Right. Well, if we're making a commitment to another person that is in itself saying it's no longer all about me, you know?
1: Right. And not only that, but you're willing to take a stand and you're going to do it forever. Right. So this is literally, this is a kind of commitment until death do is part. Yes, and that that's it's just that's very it's also countercultural because it's a step. It's, it's you're stepping out in faith, even if it's not a uh,
0: something born of faith with a capital F, so to speak. Right, you're stepping out in faith, saying like I only I, going on the information I have with this person. I am willing to say whatever life throws at me.
1: I am willing to stick with them. You know, come sick,
0: poor or, exactly
1: or right, and so uh, that that's the thing. You know, you just a lot of people. Like, they will, they will decide not to marry because they don't, also don't want to make that commitment. Right. In other it's, words, they always want the. where's the exit door? Can it, where's the sign that says exit? Right? They always want to kind of have that in the back of their mind.
0: Well, unconditional love is something that many people haven't really authentically experienced, and it's yeah. not something that our society really promotes any longer.
1: It's countercultural. It is. It's countercultural. So, like, another one uh, that, that uh, another reason why we would congratulate someone is their willingness to be transformed. Mm, mm-hmm. So um from our spiritual perspective from from our our faith teaching you know and, and re- looking at the Bible Jesus talks about this being um a one flesh relationship. Yes. The two shall become one flesh. I mean essentially become a new creation. Now your willingness to undergo that your willingness to be vulnerable that's that, that deserves congratulations because it takes a certain strength, self-confidence, trust, faith, and love to be able to undergo transformation like that, to be able to say, "You know what? I am willing to do that." right We don't see that a lot in the world anymore either, because it's all about me, right it, You just mentioned before, it's like I, you know, it's a selfless love and and to be transformed. Right? To, to say, like, you know, I'm willing to be a new creation with you. Yes. And no longer just Nicholas. You're now Nicholas Caitlin. No longer just Caitlin. You're now Nicholas Caitlin or Caitlin Nicholas. You know, you, you are now one flesh, a new entity. Right, you each have identities and souls, everything you're you know it, in fact it it actually starts to sort of model the Trinity in a little bit, oh sure, right you you become you know, and I don't want to get into heresy, so please don't mail in all the heretical you know red button letters, but you understand that that the Trinity models family to us, yes, and that there's they are they are undivided, they right. are united, they are one, and yet they're separate persons.
0: You know, Saint Louis de Montfort tells us that uh, self knowledge is one of the most important steps in growing in the spiritual life. That you really can't do, you can't really gain uh, traction at all in trying to grow in relationship with God unless you, you at least begin with a place of self knowledge, your strengths, your weaknesses. And for a lot of people, that's very difficult. But when you're go- when you're take this step that you're describing. Not only am I saying I have self-knowledge about what I want and the commitments that I want to make, but now when I if after I've gotten married, the thought of who I am is no longer justified by me, like it's it, who we are, it's who we are, and to an extent, it's always uh, the who we are, me and God, but right. now it's who we are, me, my spouse, and God, right? Which now re- also reveals what you were talking about that Trinitarian love, it, it transforms uh, our, our self knowledge and uh, that journey of self knowledge and spiritual growth. Yeah,
1: so these are th- th- that's like three things right there why. Uh, you know, I, I just got married is worthy of congratulations, or your child just got married. Well, congratulations, because first of all, they decided to marry. Second of all, they're, they're willing to be committed to something, right, forever. And also, certainly, they're willing to be transformed and changed, you know, to become one flesh. So that's just three, and we got more. Wonderful. But we're going to take a break first. We're going to take a little short break, uh, and but before we do take that break, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Uh, also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email at deaconjeff at com. And also...
0: Oh, yes. Please uh, like us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Please uh, share our posts, comment on our posts. It makes a difference.
1: All right. And here comes my one flesh. Uh, Bess, My wife is going to talk about a wonderful saintly married couple, Joachim and Anne. We'll be right back.
2: I'm Bess Droszemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Tradition tells us that the parents of Mary, the mother of God, were named Joachim and Anne. Not much is known of the details of their lives, but they have become the focus of great admiration and veneration. This is most assuredly due to the fact that their daughter Mary was the humble virgin chosen by God to bring Jesus into the world and an example for all Christians. One story tells us that after they were married, St. Joachim and Anne greatly desired to have a family. They tried, however, for many years to conceive. It was thought that St. Anne was barren, things looked hopeless. They did not lose their faith, however. They prayed continually to God for the blessing of a child. One night, an angel appeared and said that God had indeed heard them and they would receive the child for which they so fervently prayed. On that very night, in thankfulness, Saint Anne promised to dedicate her child to God. Not long after that, Mary was born. Many have wondered how the church can honor a saints those whom we know little about. In the case of Saints Joachim and Anne, we need only look at their important role as the parents of Mary, the young girl who would freely offer herself in service to God, and all mankind. Regardless of the details of their lives, we know that as parents in a good Jewish family, they would be responsible for Mary's upbringing. They were Mary's teachers, they fed her, nurtured her, encouraged her and supported her even in the moment of accepting God's call to be the mother of God. It was their dedication to living a holy life that God used to serve as an example for Mary. In fact, what she learned from her parents, she most naturally would use in bringing up the child Jesus and it was her parents' faith that laid the foundation for Mary's consolation and acceptance of God's will at the foot of her son's cross. Saints Joachim and Anne serve as an example for all married couples in bringing up their children to willingly accept the vocations to which they are called in service to God. As early as the fourth century, a church was built by Saint Helena, mother of Constantine, on the site where the sainted couple lived in Jerusalem. Saints Joachim and Anne are often depicted in artwork holding Mary and teaching her to read from the sacred scriptures. Their feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on July 26th. I'm Beth Straczynski and this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff.
1: And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. Talking with Ziggy Rodriguez. Woo! Yeah. uh, (laughs) Now, we didn't mention that Tom wasn't here. Oh, that's right. It's not just that he's quiet. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes he is quiet. But no, uh, Tom has decided uh, that he wanted to take cooking classes. Yes. uh, And so we, we wish him well. But the problem is he's only cooking with... Uh, uh, spam, spam, and that's going to be that's like a whole. He's trying to write a spam cookbook,
0: right? Well, and the thing that's weird is it's all desserts. And yes. I don't think it's going to necessarily be the best direction for his career. But yeah,
1: well, he was doing uh, first he was doing cocktails, yes, that only involved that had to have like gasoline as an additive. And I said, you know, that's probably not it's not safe, right? Because those were truly flaming cocktails. You know, the ones, and that was. That didn't end well. He's his eyebrows are coming back in.
0: They are. It didn't somehow miraculously his hair was untouched by those yes. experiments.
1: <laughs> this is one of the causes for sainthood yes. or hair sainthood. Yes. Um. Anyway, so we 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 can't wait till Tom gets back to be with us, and we hope that the uh, spam zert, uh, spam cookies, yeah, is gonna is gonna spam is. Oh, spam zerts. That's the name of the book. I forgot the the wider. You know, yeah. Anyway, all that aside, <laughs> we're talking about my wonderful son Nicholas and, and, and his uh, beautiful bride Caitlin. Yes, they're they're married, and uh, just this, we're congratulating them and all those who who choose this path, and all the parents who have kids that get married. You know, and why we actually say congratulations. So uh, we've we've gone over the fact that they actually decided to marry in a world mm-hmm. that doesn't really view marriage. Uh, as important as it certainly was. Right. You know? And, uh, and also just the the dedication to being committed to something. Yes. They ain't kicking the can down the road. They're going to stand up and say, you know what? This is who we are. This is what we're going to do. And I'm committing myself to this literally until I take my last breath. Right? And then that's willingness to be transformed. Mm-hmm. So many of us want to just have things our way, the way it, we want the world to be built around us and not have us to be rebuilt. Right, and so that that part's a, that's a, there's a beautiful congratulations on your decision, your willingness. It's almost like a little bit of a martyrdom, but it's probably not good to say to your wife, I'm willing to be martyred by marrying you. You know, that's not the, that's not a romantic uh, sentiment, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly beautiful to see uh, people who are willing to be transformed, willing to be changed, to give up what they're comfortable with. Right. Yeah. So now there's a couple other reasons I want to talk about. And one of them specifically was Nicholas and Caitlin and their wedding. Uh, something so beautiful. You know, when I did the uh, marriage prep, which is another interesting thing is to do marriage prep with your own child. Right. Now we should all be preparing our children for marriage all our lives. Right? That hopefully we're all doing that. But in a very specific way specific way with the church, I was doing the marriage prep for um this lovely couple, one of them happening to be my son. And we go through the when we're planning the the liturgy, we go through the readings and what choices they have. And I usually when I'm doing marriage prep anyway, whoever I'm doing it with, I will talk about several of the readings. Uh, But I don't tell them what readings they should have at their wedding. I want them to decide. And the the church offers several different Old Testament uh, psalm responses and New Testament readings for them to choose from. Mm -hmm. There's a wide variety. And honestly, they chose, to me, the the, the most beautiful readings. Mm. They chose the reading uh, from Tobit. Oh, wonderful. Which, you know, and Tobias uh and Sarah on their wedding night mm-hmm. and and what they did before they went to the marriage bed. They prayed. They prayed. And it's like you talk about countercultural. Yeah. Essentially and and then and then what he says in that prayer that uh that what they're getting ready to engage in, they're doing not out of lust, but because it's a, a noble purpose. Yes. And so it's like this is not how the the world views the marital embrace. In fact, they wouldn't even call it that. They just call it sex. Right. Right. And it's not like, hey, the icing on the cake to a wedding or to a marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's a beautiful gift. And yes, it's 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 pleasurable. It's beautiful and it's bountiful, and in and that it 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 allows the marriage to be fruitful. It's all these wonderful things, uh, but it's like it's a noble purpose. It's part of God's plan and the theology of the body. And so this idea of engaging God in prayer before that moment, and this is what the kids what they wanted is their reading. It, may, it may, it's like as a dad, I'm going like, and as a deacon, you get it. Yeah, you under and it's not something again that the culture is like, you know, is there still an Old Testament? Do we still read out of that thing? Is there, You know, and a lot of people don't. First of all, and where's Tobit?
0: Well, right. Yeah, so it's <laughs> counterculture also just because you'll have plenty of people, including our separated brothers and sisters who won't even be familiar with right. those readings. right. But one thing that occurs to me is, you know, in our previous segment, we had talked about the fact that, you know, when we've got a very self-centered culture and when we make the choice to marry, it's not just about me. It's evidence that it's also about the the other, the spouse. Well, in, in choosing something for a noble purpose, it's also not just about us. The two spouses. It's beyond us. It's beyond us. It's higher than us.
1: Yes, it's noble. And, and and no, that's a that's a wonderful point. And it just it's a sense that they get it, right? Right. And the other reading they chose was um, Ephesians five, mm. and most people don't choose Ephesians five because it talks about wives being subordinate mm-hmm. to their husbands. And and you know most mothers-in-law, you know, when the boy's sitting there going like, "Hey, I want this one," you know, the mother-in-law is like, "My baby will not." hear this in church on her wedding night you know and a lot of people just don't read through that reading and realize it's, it's one of the most beautiful misunderstood readings about marriage ever mm-hmm. you know wives yeah it says wives be subordinate to your husbands but it also before that says husbands and wives should be subordinate to each other. It says that specifically. And this says, here's how wives are subordinate. As Christ is head of the church, you know, and as Christ is uh, the head of the family, uh, you, you as the husband are, and the wife needs to respect the husband in that way. Right? In, in that, not that, and so the husband, sometimes the immature man who hears that says, oh, so if I snap my fingers once, I get a beer. If I snap my fingers twice, I get a sandwich. And that she's going to bring it to me. That's not, Mm-mm. that's not what that means. Because if you read further, you read, uh, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, and this long, beautiful, poetic writing from Paul talking about uh, the 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 bride of Christ, you know, the church, and that that husbands treating their wives, I mean, literally as the bride of Christ, as the church, you know, spotless, mm-hmm. right, with without any wrinkle and, and and beautiful to preserve her to protect her. And basically, to be willing to die for her. That's how Christ loved the church. He died for her. So any husband that thinks he's getting beers and sandwiches by snapping his fingers because he's now got a wife that's subordinate, he's got to be subordinate to her in the sense that hes it's not about him anymore. Everything's about her. And if you have two people that total self-gift love for each other, where it's not about her and it's not about him... That together, it's all about Jesus. That he mm-hmm. fills both of them. And that and that's, that's the fruitful, beautiful, joy-filled, peaceful, loving, happy marriage that everyone desires. So you don't have this unequally yoked situation where one is the boss of the other. It's not the case.
0: Yeah, Jesus specifically tells us you don't lord authority over Amen. others. Right. And in addition to that, you know, the man... Uh, Every single soul is a bride of Christ, whether it's a man's soul or a woman's soul. And so So, anything, you know, he's also got to be subordinate to the spirit
1: of Jesus Christ. So congratulations on choosing some tough readings and seeing the value and the beauty uh, in those scriptures. And then the last one I would just mention is, you know, congratulations are due to a couple that actually hungers for the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Right, to, to, to have a relationship with God and marriage in its fullest is a relationship with God. And, and this, this idea that in a countercultural, ex- increasingly secular and godless world that we live in, the fact that you would stand up and say, I love God, God loves me, I love her, she loves me, I love him, you know, he loves me. And, and, you, and you basically say, This is a religious, spiritual encounter with God. And, and ultimately what needs to happen is the man looks in the wife's eyes and he sees God Almighty and the wife looks in the husband's eyes and she sees God Almighty he's present there in that marriage and the fact that they will, are willing to be a neon sign advertising that is beautiful congratulations are due Amen for that so now let's ask our mama Mm. Mother Mary to pray for marriages, to pray for uh, this couple and every couple getting married and all those considering marriage. Mm-hmm. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of, of God, God. Pray, pray for, for us sinners, 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 now at, at the hour, hour of our, our death. death. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at Deacon Jeff